Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. If I'm shooting people, there better be millions of dollars involved. Hi, and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy, proud Gen Xer, born in 1977. And I'm her sister Jenny, born in 1974. Jenny, what are your thoughts on Jeffrey Dahmer? Eh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, like, uh, whatever, you know? Like, I get why people Watch are obsessed that- with it. Could you watch that show? Because I don't know if I could. Yeah, sure, why not? All right. Did we talk about this? I feel like we talked about this. You did not talk about this with me that I remember. Okay. Were we talking about a different serial killer? I was maybe talking about it with the bunkies because I was saying like my issue with some of these docudramas is that they glorify the killer. They always do. Yeah. That's why I'm yeah. like, whatever. Like it's, it's, I don't know why we have to obsess, obsessively watch like horrible crime. Like what's wrong with us? Well, I actually have an answer to that. Hmm. I spoke with a psychologist who specializes in phobias and horror for my new job. Check us out guys at therapist.com. He said it's a, it's a, like a desire within us to try to control what's around us. So like if I know what Jeffrey Dahmer's MO is, then I I can keep myself safe. I think it's, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with the psychologist, but I also think it's, I mean, I agree with that, but I also think it's like, if you watch these things and like people somehow put themselves in danger very obviously, like marrying a psychopath, you know what I mean? Or like somebody mm-hmm. who like, then you feel like, oh, this probably won't happen to me. Like right. it, it's yes. not, you, yes. you look for the stuff that's not random about it. Cause like the random shit freaks people out because that could happen to anyone. Right, but that's that comes down to you want to control. You want control over what feels like or seems like random or out of control anxiety and fear. So yeah. you're trying you're trying to figure it out so that you could avoid it. Right. hundred percent. Or like, yeah, like like understand how those people ended up in that situation and and then feel relief when you're like, Oh, that's not my life, because that's like over here doing this life. Right, but then you watch shit like the neighbor, the murderer next door or whatever, where like seemingly fine family and then family annihilation. 
Like that's the shit that freaks me out when, and, and again, you're trying to make sense of it. You're trying to examine this guy's past and his life and see if there's something there that was missed. I'm really interested in that, but because one of the questions I asked him, it's a piece about horror. And one of the questions I asked him is I can't watch horror, but I could watch true crime. Like what's the difference? Cause you would think you'd be more scared true crime cause it's real. I mean, horror is just, it's, you know, it's programmed to terrify us. Like they, That's what he said, yeah. It's yeah. designed to scare you. That's it. Right, like they just feed on all of the weird things. Yes. Jen, I like to do a little chit-chat up front about murder. About murder. <laughs> like, my life's not stressful enough right now with Steve Locke in town. Now we gotta talk about murder for 25 minutes. Mom is suddenly gonna perk up when she hears this episode. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jenny. So today we are looking at Little House on the Prairie, season eight, episode 21. He was only 12, part one. Probably the worst thing I've ever seen. Do you I have mean, a it's, description? It's bonanza. That's my it, description. No, it's my... bonanza, but it's bananas as well. No, it's, it's literally bonanza. Like it's literally a bonanza script. Yeah. And they just changed the name of it from like he was only eight to like he's only 12 because uh, what's his name is older. Jason Bateman's older. Right. Um, so the description is Charles, Albert, and Mr. Edwards set out in pursuit of bank robbers who shot innocent bystander James. Jen, they're not setting out in pursuit of bank robbers. They're in in in, they're in the words mode. of Revenge in mode. the words of in the words of Anthrax, they're starting up a posse. Oh my god, I already have that in my notes. You <laughs> <laughs> You gotta put a clip of that music in. I it's totally going have to. that in my notes. I'm going to. How could you not think about that? Oh my god, as soon as I heard it. (laughs) All right, we open up on Charles looking fine. He is aging like fine wine, I just want to say. It's James' birthday, and Uncle Jed, who's clearly an absent uncle trying to make up for something here, sends him $15. Jenny, what's our equivalent? $375. Oh, that's a birthday. Yeah. That's probably more than Charles made in a whole year. <laughs> so what if Charles was like, can I have that oh, for no, the no, rent? No, 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 it's no. So the whole point of the equivalent is it's not like $375 there. It's like no, us getting handed. So is, do you know somebody who makes $375 a year? <laughs> us on this podcast? <laughs> okay, fair. Fair. That is completely fair. <laughs> all right carrie opens her trash mouth and she's like what are you gonna spend it on i just wrote not you not giving you a dime carrie paul advises sticking that money in the bank and letting some interest grow and he says he and edwards are going to sleepy eye tomorrow and james why don't you tag along and stick it in the bank there where they pay half an interest point more okay i just want to say something half an interest point is nothing well, it depends on what that interest is on, because if you look at a mortgage, <laughs> half right, an interest, but if it's half on, a point's a lot. If it's on $15? No, it's nothing. Yeah. No, it's nothing. So, like, this almost cost him his life. <laughs> well, we get, like, we, we thought he was just going around to hang out with his dad. Like, we didn't think it was going to cost him his life. He couldn't know that ahead of time. <laughs> so, no offense, Albert tags along, of course. Now, Jenny, did you get this? They're riding into Sleepy Eye, and Edwards is, like, precariously balanced on the load in the back. Did you get that? No, I missed that. 
Because Charles, James, and Albert are sitting in the seat. But right. don't forget, Charles Lode is in the back of the wagon. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I just said Lode <laughs> is in the back of the wagon. So, okay. Mr. Edwards, you, you expect me to believe Mr. Edwards, who's always drunk. Well, he I think he's sober now, right? Isn't he sober? Mm-hmm. I don't mean to falsely malign his addiction. I he's think so, he's sober well, now. I don't, he is sober. Yeah, he got sober. Okay. Still, he is not like the picture of prowess. And yet no. he is balanced real precariously <laughs> on top of this load <laughs> just bouncing along. And they okay. rode for like 25 miles probably. Yeah. So there's that. Um, James is having second thoughts now, Jen. He's like, I kind of want to blow this cash. That money is burning a hole in his pocket and everyone knows how that feels. I just went through this with my kid. So she got paid. She got like $250 for two weeks, which is pretty good for a 15 year old. Mm -hmm. We go to home goods and she wants to buy a new comforter for her bed. That's a hundred dollars. Why? And I'm like, why are you buying a comforter for your bed? Right. And she's like, I just want to, I just want, we get into a big fight. Mom intervenes. She gets the comforter. Your, so our mom she, intervenes. Our mom intervenes. Our mom intervenes because she's like, you got to let her learn this lesson. If she's going to blow half her paycheck on a comforter, let her. And then she won't have it. I'm like, that's true. Mom, I never learned my lesson. So like, <laughs> that doesn't work. <laughs> But it might teach her to, like, work harder and make more money so she could blow it on more things. Yeah, you were not spending your money on comforters. No, definitely not. You were spending it on pewter statues. Oh, God, remember those? Those little, like, weird pewter collector (laughs) things? Jenny had 150 pewter, like, wizards. Dragons, witches. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, going into Jenny's room was like going into my nightmare. (laughs) So weird. I totally forgot about those. Okay, so now we see the sinister men riding into town. And these three have criminal written all over themselves. And I just wrote, Gen X pro tip. If you're riding into town to rob someone or commit a crime, smile. Look like you are happy to be there. You might throw off some suspicion. Don't ride into town all menacing, practically wearing a prisoner jumpsuit. Well, and I have to say, like, oh, shit, a bank robbery. Like, that's something that the internet, you don't see that anymore. Like, that's something the internet really took over. Bank robberies? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Just, they like, rob you online. Yeah, 100%. So, the boys, Albert and James, head out to shop while Edwards and Pa unpack his load. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's not Manly's load. Hey, everybody, you forgot me! <laughs> James and Albert come across a rifle on display in a store window, and he's smitten with it, and it's only $12, so you know where this rifle's going. Where? In his in his soon-to-be-dead cold hands. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so now we're at the bank, and it's business as usual when this poor man's Clint Eastwood comes in and holds up the place. At the gun store, so we're cutting back and forth. At the gun store, Albert talks James out of buying the rifle, a move that will eventually lead to him <laughs> being murdered. Way to go, Albert. James decides, all right, Albert, like, you're guilting me. I'm going to stick the fucking money in the bank. Fine, whatever. They walk in, Jen. There's no lead up to this. They open the door like, hey, everybody, we're here. And boom, they shoot him. I have an index card that probably should have been inserted five minutes ago. (laughs) 
<laughs> I didn't know where I want to put it. <laughs> okay. So I just want to address the bank robbery because this this was the time before FDIC. So my index card is about the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, which we know as the FDIC. So before yes. this existed, if a bank got robbed, your money was gone. Like gone, gone. Goodbye. That's why bank robberies were so popular. Yeah. Because they could just walk in and take the money and like, n- like nothing had, like, I mean, you know, they would, they would try to catch them and put them in jail, but like money just evaporated. Like it was gone. Everybody was screwed. So then nobody trusted banks, obviously. Why would you? I mean, I remember our grandparents' generation like hide money all over the house. Jane, do you have money hidden all over your house? I don't have it hidden. I have some money in my house, but mostly. What's your address? What's your address? I've- I feel like we have the opposite fear. Like, I'm like, I want money laying yes, in my house. Right, right. So um, it is one of the two agencies that supply deposit insurance to depositors in American institutions. The other is the National Credit Union Administration, which regulates and insures credit unions. So one insures banks, one insures credit unions. The FDIC supplies insurance to commercial and savings banks. The FDIC was created in 1933 by your man, FDR. FDR. Uh, during the Banking Act, or he when had the, to he had to do something when the Banking Act was enacted because um, no one trusted American banks. Yep, because more than one third of banks failed in the years before the FDIC's creation. And bank right, runs and if were they're common. not taking money in, they can't lend money out. <clears throat> well, bank runs were very common, like so, because no one trusted banks. So as soon as like one bank would go bankrupt or get robbed or something, then everyone would just pull all their money out. It's kind of like the stock market in that way. <laughs> Right. Everyone freaks out, pulls their money out, though. So then, like, all the banks start collapsing. The insurance limit at, was originally $2,500. This was increased over the years since the enactment of the Dodd-Frank Wall Street Reform Act in 2010. The FDIC insures up to $250,000. Who are the senators on the Dodd-Frank bill, Jenny? Oh, I forget. Barney Frank? Warren? No, it would have to be Barney Frank. Yeah, definitely that. Christopher Dodd? Is that his name? I don't know. Mm, come on, I pride myself I on I don't know, that, that's what the SEC enforces, though. You keep going, and I'll look it up. <clears throat> but the $250,000, so that was that was um, brought into law in, in 2010, but it actually was a temporary increase in 2008 during the financial crisis. So at the time of the financial crisis in 2008, the amount was $100,000. By the end of 2009, 140 banks had become insolvent, exhausting the FDIC's funds. Wow. So it demanded three advanced years of premiums from, because the way it gets funded is through premiums from banks. It's not through tax dollars. Okay. It also has a $100 billion line of credit with the treasury if it needs it. So in 2008, they increased from $100,000 to $250,000 to handle that crisis. That was temporary increase, but then it was solidified in in 2010. It was Um, John Dodd, by the way, from Connecticut. John Dodd. No depositor has ever lost a penny of FDIC insured funds. Oh, wow. Totally works. All right. Totally works. Thank God's there. I can't imagine. Like, Jenny, if I pulled up to the bank and my $45 was gone... Well, I would be devastated. I mean, but like, think about in the age of digital, if that didn't exist. Oh my gosh. Oh, (laughs) you'd be screwed. (laughs) Especially if you're like mom and they call you up, they call you up and ask you for your account number and social security number and you just (laughs) give it to them. She's never going to live that down, man. (laughs) So yeah. So like, be thankful that, you know, there's so many things that were passed in 
in the new deal that, you know, were amazing. And we still today like keep, keep all these institutions afloat. So. Yep. I agree. You can't talk up the new deal enough for me. And then after right. this whole James got shot thing, I just have, oh my God, James got shot before his first deposit. Welcome to capitalism, James. <laughs> <laughs> so the robbers run off after they shoot James because they're like freaked out. But the banker chases them and is shooting at them and manages yeah. to hit one. Yep. He wings them, as dad would say, he wings them. You know, when dad's shooting people, what the hell is dad doing? All right. <laughs> Meanwhile, James is down. All right. Now we see Charles and Edwards. They're rushing over to the doctors where a doctor with real bad 70s teeth tells them, this is not good. Well, at this least is it's not Doc not, Baker, not so he stands a chance. He does stand a chance. Although, the doctor kind of says... He might make it. He might not. How <laughs> <laughs> was doctrine in those days, though. Mm -hmm. He says the bullet is lodged against James' spine, and it's a really delicate operation, and they can't operate for several days until he's stronger because he lost a lot lost a lot of blood. I didn't see any blood at that crime scene. I didn't see any blood. And Albert's standing there holding it. Like, Albert, get a doctor. Yeah. Albert, well, and Albert's not covered in blood. No. I think we need a holiday reenactment of this. No. We need to shoot one of us, and then the other one nope. cradles them. All right. James calls out for Pa, and I have to say, it is like an Oscar award-winning performance by Jason Bateman. He's worried his check's not going to clear. <laughs> he whimpers, Pa, don't worry. It doesn't hurt that much. <laughs> and as he's fading, he asks Charles to deposit the check for him. <laughs> Then he loses consciousness. Now they haul him off with the reassurance that he'll receive the best of care. Okay, now we see this gang has almost doubled inside in size and they're fleeing across a prairie. Some dude, Coy, seems to be the leader. One of them is shot and his brother is begging for them to stop and get the brother medical care. Meanwhile, Jen, Charles is putting together a posse. It's starting up a posse. Now I'm gonna tell you a story. <laughs> a tale yeah. of wrong and right. <laughs> and freedom is the reason. You can't this was in response to the PMRC, I think. So now no. I'll start shape up a posse. To come and look for you. Okay. I don't I think you're thinking of um that song with all the curse words in the title. Yeah, probably. That's uh, it's a good song. Oh, to Tibergo or or Ode to Tibergor. It's a good song, and I that immediately was, thought about it. That was in response to the PMRC thing. Okay, all right. So Charles is trying. Charles is starting up a posse. <laughs> totally and Jen, is. the sheriff doesn't give a fuck. No. Like he's not even no. interested. I mean, he's One like another dude, bank robber. Like whatever. <laughs> One dude's like, I'm not a coward, but these are like five professional criminals armed to the teeth. Yeah. And the sheriff's like, I'm just going to go wire the marshal down the road. Like, that's yeah. my contribution. Charles is like, I'm going after them. If I have to go alone, I will. And Jen, who Ride steps or motherfucking die. Ride or motherfucking Of course he's not going alone. Of course he's not. So the gun shop owner is like, dudes, you're gonna need you're gonna need some artillery. So come on over, take whatever you need. <laughs> he's like, just arm yourselves to the teeth and get out of here. Yeah. 
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Nerd Albert wants to go. I don't like this new incarnation of Albert. No, I really don't. I mean, where is the Albert that hustles like like street criminals? Where is I this know. Albert? Albert would have like karate chopped one of these bank yeah. robbers, grabbed his gun and yeah. shot him back. 100%. I don't know what's happened to Albert. This is Carl, what happens when you live in the country for too long. Do we need Carl's Jr. back to solve this crime? This is what happens when you live in the country for too long. I guess. So Paul says... Albert wants to go because he's an eyewitness, which we see later does not play out. And Paul <laughs> says, no way. Go get a hotel room. Take this money. Go get a hotel room. We'll see you later. Now, go ahead. This is like True Detectives, Walter Grove. <laughs> Edwards and Paul are out tracking criminals and they find blood all over a tree. How do they know that's not animal blood? I mean, I mean, you've heard what goes on outside my house at night. There's always something getting murdered by something else. But like you shot a person, they took off in that direction. Now you see blood all over the side of a tree. Like feels I like guess. It'd be an odd coincidence if a deer was suddenly bleeding all over the tree I guess. for some unknown reason. It's it's kind of like when um, my father-in-law, when our dogs go poop in their big, huge field. And I'm like, how do you know that's dog poop and not rabbit poop, deer poop? Because he probably poop, was sitting at the window watching Lafayette Beetle do it. Maybe, maybe. So, Jenny, uh, Edwards and Pa have this little heart to heart. And Edwards is like, look, something doesn't feel right here. And Charles is like, Isaiah, 
you can go back at any time. And Edward says, you know better than that. <laughs> He's like, ride I'm or die. I'm ride or motherfucking die. Now, this is true ride or die because he oh, may yeah. not come home from this. Well, and he's also like, this is dumbass. Like, this is the worst decision we ever made. All right, let's go do it. Like, I had to really think about this. Would I do this for anybody? And Chase I'm like, down armed bank robbers? No. I'm like, maybe if my kids were going to do it, I would help them do it. Would I, I don't understand. Jenny? Probably I don't not. Under- I don't understand what Pod thinks he's going to accomplish here. Like Paul's he should be back helping. He should be like, well, all right, fine. But then what? I don't know. I don't like, know. is he like, he should be back helping Albert and, or, think, or not Albert James, like being with James. I think he realizes there's nothing he could do for James right now. And he idle hands are the devil's for, workshop. He could be there for this kid who's alone <laughs> in the hospital since everybody left him there. Listen, Jen, idle hands are the devil's workshop. Okay. Yeah, Charles let's, has go, to let's get let's out go there and some, do some. Let's go on some stupid revenge mission again. <laughs> like you haven't learned anything, Charles, from the eight hundred failed revenge missions. True, because every so- time he goes on a revenge mission, he gets his ass kicked by four people, and it's hot. Okay, um, Jenny, at some house which looks suspiciously just like the little house. <laughs> The robbers are sitting around counting their money, and Coy's like, boy, did I pick us a bank or what, fellers? They have $500 a piece. That's a lot. $12,500. Wow. Maybe I mean, it's get enough bank to, robbers. like, shoot people over? Uh, if I'm shooting people, there better be millions of dollars involved. Guys, come at us if you'd shoot somebody for $12,000. <laughs> come at us in, in, the, in the DMs, though. Don't put that on mine. <laughs> We, we might want to call you. Have there been times in our lives where I could have really used $12,000? Yes. I mean, I'm more interested in can I pay someone $12,000 to shoot someone? <laughs> no. Gen X, this is why, does not condone no, shooting we people. Do not no. Condone no. hits on people. No. <laughs> Gen X pro tip don't shoot anyone. All right, in the back room, Dwayne is dying, and his bro is like, I can get you a doctor, but Coy won't allow it. Now, Dwayne pulls a baller move here, something out of Chenny's playbook, I feel like. Oh, God. Okay. And threatens that if his brother lets him die, he will haunt him and murder him from the afterlife. <laughs> I mean, I like his style. I do. I'll admit that. But do you remember Graham used to do this to us? Like she yeah. had real specific requests about her funeral, which she and burial, which she talked about for like twenty years. Yeah, yeah. And she had things like, "If I have an open casket, I'll haunt you for the rest of your life." She literally she, said that to us. She told me if I let one of my girls go into like modeling or show business, which is not happening, that she would haunt me from the afterlife. But do you remember someone in our family wanted to have an open casket? And we were like, "No, not on us." Not on a, we're not, yes, not, right. we'll, we'll die not on this hill. Not going to do it. Nope, yeah. not going to do it. Mm-mm. So, Jen, bro begs Koi to get a doctor, but Koi don't give a fuck. No. So he suggests putting Dwayne out of his misery and shooting him like you would a sick horse. Bro can't do it. Obviously, Koi's not offering him $12,000 because he can't do it. Nope. So, but he will get the brother's share of the money now. Like, they yeah. all will split that. Yep, yep. Koi calls him a coward, walks back, and shoots Dwayne, I don't know, right in the face. Right. Whatever. No, it's not in the face. You know it's not in the face. 
Oh, we know it's not in the face. That's right. But Koi claims that he was already dead. Oh, that's convenient. Yeah, right. Okay. He died in the 30 seconds you were out here begging me to get my doctor. <laughs> so then Koi suggests they split up and he says they look too sus in this big group. Now, meanwhile, Charles is moping by a fire and he's doing the what if. What if Uncle Jed didn't send that check? What if I didn't suggest the bank in Sleepy Eye? Then they hear a horse whinny and someone sneaks up on them. Gen X pro tip. Don't what? sneak up on a posse. Don't sneak up on a posse. And like, what's what's Paw's plan here? Is he going to just fight four dudes again? Like, this is what he loves to do. I don't know, but he whips his gun up. They're like, him and Edwards are like, guns up. Guns out, guns blazing. Jen, it's, at, it's fucking Albert. It is no offense, Albert. <sighs> He's sneaking up on this posse like an idiot. He's got like this weird mopey vibe now. You're right. I don't like him. They yeah, made like him marry. Oh, he's please. Malbert. Because he's married. <laughs> he's Malbert. <laughs> okay. He's Malbert. So he knows this is kind of his fault. So like he wants to stay. And Charles assures him it's not your fault. But fine, whatever. I'll let you stay. Then he throws him the old like, your bro's going to be just fine. Okay, whatever. The robbers, meanwhile, are burying Dwayne. And we learn real quick that bro's not the the sharpest knife in the drawer. No. You know what I mean? No. And he's crying because he feels like Dwayne is looking at him. <laughs> and Koi, who... Okay, now I was triggered by this because Koi is Jenny when I was a kid. What the fuck? Okay. Koi... <laughs> Senses fear, senses a weakness, and goes right in for it. Shut and he's off. like, he's probably looking at you because he blames you. He blames you for letting him die. Like, he just plays on this. This is such a, like, you just, like, just over-exaggerate everything. This is ridiculous. Yeah, okay. All right. Bro's dumb. He believes these guys. Whatever. Aim, none of no. this shit happened when you were a kid. Okay. Wait till we get to uh, this week, this month's episode of... Rock of Love, where there's some real scorching and some real Jenny energy. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. So the good posse now comes across the abandoned house that was really the little house that the robbers were cu- counting their money in. And Pa's like, wait here, I'll check on things because I want to fight four guys alone. <laughs> <laughs> they know the robbers have been there because they see a mattress covered in blood. And Charles is like, we just need to find a lead. And like, ding, ding, ding. Gen X, pro tip. Gen X pro tip. Go ahead. If you go to a place and you see a mattress covered in blood, just get the fuck out of there. Like, there's no reason to be there. Like, nothing good has happened there. Gen X pro tip. If someone comes in and says, there's a grave out back, fresh dug, your okay, first so you response have... should be, let's dig it up. So now there's blood on the mattress. <laughs> there's a freshly dug grave. Get the fuck out of there. Yep. Yep. So they go through, they dig up the grave. Yeah, what? Wow. wow. Isn't that like against religion? <laughs> you would Feels think. like it should be. It yeah. should be. It should be. They find a box of matches in this guy's pocket, and it's from Hobbs, the wooden nickel saloon. Edwards is like, there's a saloon? There's a saloon? <laughs> Where? like, yes, we're going to a saloon. Now we see the wooden nickel, and we see two barkeeps cleaning up, and we see Bro and another one of the robbers. Bro is drowning his sorrows, and he's like, I'll never forget the look on my brother's face when we buried him. And other dude is like, I, 
Am I here right now? I can't even believe that you're believing the, that your brother was looking at you. This was the dumbest conversation on earth. Of course it was. So the other dude is like, stop beating yourself up. He was dead. Bro is legit having a breakdown yeah. over Dwayne staring at him from the yeah. grave. Yeah. So bro gets real trashed and passes out on the table. And friend decides, I'm just going to leave him there. Like, whatever. Well, I like how the bar- the manager's like, don't worry about the drunk. Just work around him to, like, the barkeep, dude. Jen, how many times have you heard that? I know, right? Mm-hmm. So, a bit later, the good posse comes in, and even though bro's passed out, head down on the table, Albert IDs him. This would never <laughs> hold up in court. <laughs> yeah, I witnessed Albert names names. Like, I saw my cousin Vinny. I know how to tear down somebody's okay. eyewitness account. Right. right. Okay. This guy, what, like, how did he know it was him? It's ridiculous. So Charles manhandles Bro, and he demands to know where Coy is. And Bro says, I'm supposed to meet up with him in a few weeks. Just then, the other robber comes down, pulls a gun. He makes them lower their weapons, and it's not looking good. Not looking good. Mm-mm. Charles explains who they are. You shot my son, blah, blah, blah. Bro says, Coy killed that kid, and he killed my bro, too. Now, Charles immediately is sensing... That he could flip bro. <laughs> right? So Robert uh, says, how did you find us? And Edwards is like, Dwayne told us. And bro's like, what? Nice. My brother? My brother Well played, you? Edwards. Well played. Yep. This sends bro into a tailspin. Robert shoots bro. <laughs> Edwards shoots Robert. <laughs> but before he dies, bro manages to say, we were going to meet Coy at Sulphur. A town called Sulphur. Yeah, sulfur sounds like a place I want to go. Jen, now you literally have them riding up to a sign like like old school Children of the Corn where the um, arrows point one points to Hobbs and that shows us that's where they're coming from and one points to sulfur. <laughs> Can we discuss that those signs are written with the Comic Sans font? Oh, are they? Yeah, totally. Okay, all right. At least it's not what's the other one we all hate more. Papyrus? Papyrus. It's really bad. Gen X pro tip. If you go into a restaurant and the menu's in papyrus... Walk out. Walk walk the fuck out out the door. Walk out. Don't get your hair cut in a place with papyrus. Mm -mm. Don't eat in a place with papyrus. Those people don't give a shit about you. Those people don't care about you. We see the posse now heading to Sulphur, and they tell us the men will live. They're in a doctor's care. So the people that were shot, you know, whatever. (laughs) Everyone's all right. We're chasing down Koi. That's the main villain we're going after now. Now we have a weird scene in which a Willie lookalike who's Koi's son tries to steal money from him while he's sleeping. Yeah. And Jen, Koi is as gross to his wife as you would expect. Oh, of course. She made the worst choice in a husband. Uh, the worst. Koi tells his son right in front of his wife. Okay, guys. Women are good for one thing, childbirth. And the best thing that could happen is a woman dying in childbirth. What? And, the, and she agrees. She's like, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> like, wait, so you want to raise the kid by yourself? You yeah. need that woman around. Idiot. Seriously. Idiot. The kid is all angsty and wants dad to stick around, teach him how to shoot. And Koi's like, uh, no. And then he tells the kid, oh, here's a gun. Go practice yourself. Have that fun. was real smart. The good posse now arrives in the old western town with a literal tumbleweed. Little, literally some good old tumbleweed. Like, could we be any more on the nose? <laughs> sulfur looks amazing. It's it's sulfur, guys. And Edwards ha- heads for the jail. So they go to the jail. 
Jen, once again, we have the sheriff sleeping in the jail cell. We have drunk Rev sleeping in the jail cell. He does. I thought it was Rev. I thought it was Rev. Rev. Mm -hmm. But why do these people sleep in the jail cell? I can't answer that question. I feel like that's a trap. Someone could just lock you in there. You're literally in a cage. Yeah. No. Mm -mm. Pa tells the sheriff they're looking for Koi and the sheriff plays dumb. He's like, oh, I think I heard they were south of here. Now leave me alone so I could pass the fuck out. Whatever. And Edwards wants to go to the saloon, Jen, to, quote, <laughs> check things yeah, out. He's like, we better look around the saloon. <laughs> what, Charles, why don't you and Albert go to the church and I'm going to scope out the saloon and just make sure nobody's over there. Yeah, like, I'm just going to check out this mm-hmm. wine, wine bar tonight just to make mm-hmm. sure everything's cool over there. Once they leave, the sheriff jumps up, runs out the back door. So clearly he's like. Oh, my God, traitor. Yeah, he's a traitor. He knocks on Koi's door and tells him. I have info. I have scoop. He has mm-hmm. scoop speed. He runs over to the hotel and he's like, I have scoop and I'll trade it for a bottle. Not a bad plan. So Coy devises a plan. He stations the robber at the back door and he's at the front door. And the dude is like, shouldn't we wait for the others? And Coy's like, no, 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 no. It's two old guys and a kid. We could take yeah, them. We could in a real stupid move, Edwards and Charles send Albert to the horse stable by himself. I just have Albert's going to get kidnapped. I didn't feel like this was very safe. Instead but, of, but we we do see that Albert does remember how to slither around the city. He really does. And he yeah. spots Koi and mm-hmm. he goes back in and tells Pa he's out back. Yeah. So like a mm-hmm. little bit of the old Albert there. Yep. Koi makes it inside, but he gets the upper hand on Charles. Well, but can we discuss that Edwards loved to punch the crap out of someone? He did that with the first guy, right? And Koi gets Oh in my and... god, yes. Edwards yes. loves a good, like, just punch someone a few times. Edwards loves to just pummel people. Like, sometimes <laughs> you just need to do especially since he's sober. Albert yells, that's the one that shot James. And so there's this whole, like, what? That was your son? Okay, whatever. Edwards is nowhere to be found. Coy, like, has Charles in, like, a death grip. And Albert whips a bottle at Coy, manages to disarm him, and Charles gets him in a chokehold. Yeah, Edwards was, like, off to the side beating the shit out of the other guy. Right. Edwards, so Charles starts choking this dude. Yeah. Yeah. And Edwards comes over and he's like, Charles, Stop! Stop, Charles, for the love of God, stop. When your when your rider dies choking a motherfucker out. Yeah. Yep. And now <laughs> we have some weird piano player music as Edwards and Charles march the men off. Where are they taking them, Jen? <laughs> Friends that choke out fuckers together stay together. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny, where are they taking I don't, these people? Doesn't they matter. can't take them to the sheriff. To the Bonanza County Jail, aim. I don't know. They didn't. <laughs> they didn't finish the script. But they can't take them to the sheriff. He's compromised. He's compromised. Yeah. Who are you taking these men to? I don't know. They could just tie them up and push them down a hill or something. That's true. Is there an ice house? They could throw them yeah. in the ice house. Okay. Jenny, uh, whose fault is this? This is Charles' fault. Mm, I have it's Uncle Jed's fault. I, it's Charles' fault. Charles should have just let him spend money. Uncle Jed should have just wrote Charles a big fat fucking check when he realized he couldn't take the kids with him. Yeah, true. He should have been like, you know what? Here's 50 grand. 
So you think it's all these transactions that's the problem? No, I think Uncle Jed being initially selfish is the problem. Okay. Like, if you're an aunt or uncle and you don't live in the same state as your nieces or nephews, you should just send those nieces a lot of money every time you can. The nieces or the sibling? The nieces. (laughs) You you should send the sibling money to help pay for the nieces. That's what I thought. Every minute you can. Because you have like 600 comforters in each of your kids' room. Samantha just sent me a text. We're looking for a car for them. And she sent me like a $15,000 car. And I'm like, um, our budget is a third of that. (laughs) She's like, what are we going to be driving? A piece of cardboard with wheels? Yes. Basically. You want to look at pictures of our old cars? Mm -hmm. That's what you're going to be driving. You would have killed one. We would have killed her cardboard with wheels. (laughs) (laughs) I think Jenny's car was held together by cardboard. (laughs) All right, Jenny. They're like sending pictures of Mini Coopers and shit. They're sending me like Subaru cross tracks. Yeah, okay. Like they're okay. not getting a Subaru. No. Well, they might get a Subaru, but they're not getting a 2014 Subaru cross yeah, track. No. I can guarantee you that. All right. So at the end of every episode, we look back on theme or a lesson, something we took from the rewatch or we remember from the original. We talk about how it affected us as adults or children. I don't know, whatever. We go on our lines designed to fish the sense. Gen X, this is why. Jenny, what is your why for this? I mean, I've, I had two whys for this. There, like, nothing happened in this. There's no real thing. No, they dialed this in. If we could talk about something deep here, it would be a miracle because there's no depth in this I script. think the only remotely deep thing is, like, maybe this taught us about, like, friendship and your ride or die. <laughs> oh, God. It's like Edwards is back, right? And Char- like, I feel like Charles hasn't done a whole lot since manly's been his ride or die and like now he's like beating people up shooting people <laughs> you know what i mean like he's like in there hey, choking people dependable. i feel like he went really light and just argued with people when manly was his ride or die and now that he has edwards back he's like full-on yeah, choke out mode because manly's sitting home crying about something he probably charged something that he shouldn't have and lost it and the other, the other thing I have is like, this is why you shouldn't reuse scripts for totally different shows with completely different story arcs. Yeah. Because this feels working. out of place. It feels out of place on the show. It feels out of place. Where's Carolyn? Did he not write to her and tell her about James? Well, wait till you see next week. He, she gets real weird when he grows his beard, which I'm here for. Okay. But then we have some more, um, I love God. God loves me. God, please oh. save my child. Well, that was Bonanza, yeah. right? Wasn't that like holy and cowboyish? Well, we have some more of that. And I saw an interview where Michael Landon talked about this this episode, both of them, the pair of them. Okay. And apparently it was inspired by his daughter was in a bad car accident and he went to the hospital and prayed really hard that she would live. You mean the Bonanza script was inspired by? Yes, yes. And then he was talking about the Little House episode, and he said the reaction of people on set was amazing. People were crying. Oh, God. People were. I was like, oh, my God. This guy, man. This guy. You're not going to tell me Karen Grassley was crying out of emotion. She was crying because she was devastated. It's come to this. They were crying because they had just renewed season nine that day. They just announced season nine. Guys, I have, this is why you shouldn't give kids money. Give it to their parents. Okay. Give it to their parents. Okay. Yeah, no, you're, you're probably right about that. All right. 
All right, Jenny, why don't you tell everyone what's coming up next? We know it's the second part of this shit show, so why don't you give us the description? Season 8, episode 22, he was only 12. James and Albert are caught up in a nefarious bank robbers are caught up in a nefarious gang's bank robbery while on a trip to Sleepy Eye. We already did we already said that. Yeah, where are you getting these descriptions wrong? I don't know. From, I mean, I said wrong. Oh my god, that was a Freudian slip. I am getting them wrong. I, I Erroneous usually, on all counts. I usually get them from the site, and I moved away from it because they were so shitty, and now I found even shittier ones somehow. Mm-hmm. Erroneous on all counts, Jenny. Hold on. Let me go back to the Little House site as the source of record for this. Jen, do you remember Wedding Crashers? Speaking of erroneous Yes, on all I counts. just saw parts of it the other day. With the phone call where he's like, this is John. <sighs> Leave a message. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm He's like, I'm over here reading books about how not to kill myself. <laughs> I just saw that part. <laughs> and then he calls him trailer trash. No, he calls him white trash. Okay, white trash. Because Vince Vaughn said he was getting married. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. As James lies in a coma at the Ingalls house, Charles increases the distress of his family by refusing to accept the child's impending death. Angry that nobody, not even Doc Baker, offers any hope for James recovery. No shit. Charles <laughs> takes his son away to where him. Guess where? The, the mountain mountains, top. where he builds a temple and prays fiercely for a miracle. Okay, so it's the same fucking. Okay, whatever. I can't. Well, he did it. Laura did it with one son. He did it with one son, right? When she, they didn't have his corpse though, but they went to the mountaintop to pray for the life of little Charles Jr. So now okay. he's heading up to the mountaintop to pray for James. But he's taking James with him this time. Spoiler. And also, this is the final appearance of Bandit the Dog. <gasps> no. Reverse of the Beetle. Dies what? a horrible death. No, I don't know what happens to him. No. <laughs> I have no idea. Just says it's his last appearance. Even the dog, even the dog quit after season eight. <laughs> we need your help. I'm putting out a Gen X distress call. We need you to leave us a review. We need some more reviews. Haven't gotten any in a while. And it pushes us down in the search rankings. Oh, is that what happens? Come on, guys. Leave us a five-star review and just say something like, more Amy, less Jenny. Okay, whatever. All right, I'm, I'm up for that. Do I get I'll be happy less? for that. Um, no, seriously. We need your help leaving reviews and it helps other people find us. We only have like 140, which is really lame, Jenny. Because we know a lot more people listen than that. I mean, at least three more people than that listen. <laughs> so if you can, scroll but on maybe, over to... Maybe, like, their parents taught them that if they can't say anything nice, don't say anything That's true. And I'm reinforcing that. <laughs> we don't need to be shit all over. We know we're terrible <laughs> humans. So if you think that, do not write that down. Just go scream that into a pillow somewhere. But if you like us, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, or you can go to Spotify now and leave a review. So we'll take that, too. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water 
it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.